You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. Let's join in for this week's message. Well, I heard that the Astros don't play till 7 tonight, so <laughs> Jim, <laughs> how about them Astros? Jim told me, he said, hey, man, you, you can, <laughs> that's what I'm screaming. Uh, I can take my time. I can relax. And so I got two and a half pages of notes here, so y'all just sit back and relax, all right? So, <clears throat> uh, title of my message you know, David was saying the other night, you know, sometimes he titled these messages, you know, it's, it's called dessert. Okay. So, uh, dessert and, and please stick with me. We're going somewhere. All right. Don't, don't lose me right off the bat, but there's always, there's, there's something better. Okay. And the, the definition for dessert is called, it says the sweet course eaten at the end of a meal. How many of y'all like a good Five, five course meal. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I do. Ain't nothing like a good old salt grass steakhouse, man. Nice ribeye, baked potato or sweet potato, all the fixings and what have you and all that. Man, I love all that. But man, I tell you what, the older I get, I, I like dessert. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Man, there ain't nothing better after you get, get a big old steak and everything than you throw down on some, uh, maybe some blackberry cobbler. A little bluebell on the side. Oh, Lord Jesus, that's heavenly. <clears throat> I love bluebell. But you know, this world is not all there is. And the best is yet to come. It's heaven. And now I'm not advocating doom and gloom, and I'm not waiting for the Holy Hoover to come suck me out of this place, okay? I'm about the Father's business. I'm occupying till he comes. Now, when he comes, I don't know, but you know what? I'm going to be ready when he does. And I'm talking about living a, a life with purpose and with an eternal outlook. And we can get so busy in life... Uh, you know, busy about, you know, you ever seen that guy at the circus, you know, he's twisting plates and he's, you know, doing this and that. That's, I told Missy, man, I feel like this is talking about seasons in your life. Man, this has been the busiest season in my life. Uh, my mom passed away not too long ago. I mean, uh, funerals, weddings, funerals, wedding, work, building a new house work, family, ministry, marriage counseling. It gets busy sometimes. <laughs> I told Missy, I was like, I mean, David had texted me, I was like, hey, can you marry so-and-so? I said, yeah, I guess I'll go ahead and fit that in my, my, my popular schedule here. I mean, I'll try to slip them in there, you know? <laughs> but it's just been busy, you know? But in saying that, we got to realize that stay focused on the purpose. Yeah on the heavenly purpose because we can get caught up in all that and just get in just busy. I like what uh, Joyce Meyer says, you know, like a rocking chair, you, you can rock in it, but you ain't going nowhere. You rock all day. You ain't going nowhere. I don't want to get busy in life. I want to be about, if I'm busy, I want to be about the, the, the purpose of God. And, and, and heaven is our reward. Sometimes there's times heaven is what keeps me going. There's runners that, I'll tell you what, they're looking for that prize, that gold medal or whatever it may be. 
Psalms chapter 90, verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. James chapter 4, verse 14 says, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. How I many of y'all, you, you, we driving to church this morning and you see that phase, you know, that, that mist in the morning. That's where it is. And, and don't get me wrong, God says he'll satisfy us with long life. But and say you live 90, 100 years old, that's nothing compared to eternity. And you see how that mist, it's here for a minute and then it's gone. The sun will burn it off. First Peter, you know, this life is just a preparation for the next. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11 says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. You know, uh, the movie with John Wayne in it, the Alamo, back years ago, he said, ah, ha, ha, I'll tell you, pilgrim. That's what we're all. Thank you. Thank you for that. We're just pilgrims passing through this earth. And a lot of times we tend to hold on. There's nothing wrong with this earth. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying life, even the busy parts of it and stuff. I've got a new grandbaby and, you know, life is good, but it's busy. But we got to realize, stay in focus, that God has something better. There's dessert coming. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Look what it says there. Verse 15 through 17, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. It says, If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. There's three, three things that we need to watch for. Number one, the lust of the, lust of the flesh. It says preoccupation with gratifying physical desires. Number two, the lust of the eyes. Materialisms. Materialism. Craving and accumulating things. Now there's nothing wrong. God, God has no problem with us having new homes, new cars and what have you. But after you get a new home, you just have a, a house payment. The new will wear off. I'm building one right now. So, but uh, I've never seen a U-Haul a, a behind a hearse. You won't take it with you. And I tell you what, when you're on your deathbed, and we're on our deathbed, we won't be worrying, oh, boy, I should have worked tomorrow over time. Oh, no, it's going to be your relationship with God. In your relationship with your family. That's what's so important. The pride of life. It says obsession with one's status or importance. Climbing that ladder. And I tell you what, I, I'm, yeah, God wants us to prosper. And he wants us to, to excel in, in our business, our careers, and what have you. But again, we can do that, but we can be about the Father's business doing that also. Yeah. It's so awesome. Uh, 
Josh and them hauled that bull, Buck, Buck Biden. He was winning, going into the year. Went up there and he blowed their doors off. Won both go-rounds and everything. He won the whole deal. That's what I'm screaming. Praise God. That's God's people prospering. God, they stand for God. And, and God will bless you. You honor God, God will honor you. So, man, I, I'm thankful for them and their stand and their walk with God. Last month, my mom passed away. It was one of the hardest things I had to experience. And uh, it broke me, but it changed me. And uh, it changed the way I look at life and the way I look at people. And uh, Missy had her mom and dad pass away. I think her dad, she was 30 years old. And her mom passed away when she was 38 years old. So I've never experienced that. And I thought I had compassion and sympathy for her. But let me tell you something. If you never walked in those shoes, you'll never understand. So, and I remember at a point in time, I was like, man, she should be over that. After about six months, you know, man, I had to repent. I said, man, I am so sorry because... Like I said again, if you never walked in those shoes, you don't. So we got to be careful. You know, we're quick to say, I know how you feel. Let me tell you what, if you've never been there, you don't know how they feel. That's right. So we got to be careful. We might want to say, I don't know how you feel, but I sympathize with you. And I'll be praying for you. And when my mom passed away, I remember sitting on one side of her body, and my dad and my uncle. On the other side, and the hospice worker over here to the right. And my uncle was consoling my dad. And uh, he was saying, man, she's in a better place. Now, people, do we believe this or not? I believe the Bible from the front to the maps. You can't take out. I don't believe that. But, man, it just rose up in me. And I told him, I said, where do we get this mindset that Death, I mean, yes, death is hard, and we miss their, their natural body being here with us. But she just passed. My mom had a relationship with God, and I know she's in heaven. And it just rose up in me. I said, you know what? Jesus died, but praise God, on the third day he rose again. He conquered death, hell, and the grave for us. So do we believe it or not? So let me tell you what, I, I told my dad, I said, look, uh, death and the grave has no hold on us. It doesn't. And you can live life different. You will live life different. If you ain't afraid of death, you'll live life different. You'll live a total different way. Everyone's, everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die. We'll all face it one day. Right? It's true. And we're not meant to live here forever. This is not our, our place. We're pilgrims again. So after the situation, I, me and my dad walked out and we had a moment. And uh, I just began to sympathize with him, hold him. I said, Dad, I know it's tough. I can't even imagine. But uh, I love you. We're going to make it through this. 
And then that night, I, I felt so many different emotions. And then that night, me and Missy were laying in bed. We just hugged my dad and he went off to bed. And uh, I began to cry. I feel like the weeping prophet. prophet. <laughs> I, I can't stop crying sometimes, man. I, but I said, I told Missy, I feel so, it hurts me. They've been married for 63 years. And here I'm laying here in your arms. And he's up there by himself. And the next morning I got up. And I was just broken. And I was there by myself at the kitchen table. I said, Lord, I need some comfort. And he does. He's the comforter. He comes to comfort those. He comes to heal the brokenhearted. Yes. I said, God, I need comfort here. And I was reading Smith Wigglesworth devotional. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 through 4. And this was a scripture reading. It says, And I saw a new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things were passed away. And I'll tell you what, it just, it comforted me because I know that she's in a better, my, my, my mom has a sister and she had passed a few years back and she had cerebral palsy and she was wheelchair bound for her whole life and they tended to her, cared for her. And it just, she, she passed away on her birthday. And I began to think, get a vision. I was like, I could see him up in heaven dancing. Bonnie out of her wheelchair. And my mom healthy and whole, walking on the streets of gold. So, our spirit man will spend eternity somewhere. And we were to teach and mentor people how we're supposed to live and function on this earth. But we have to find that balance and realize that this place is not our home and that there's life, that this life we live is just the preparation for the next. That's all that is. And if you turn with me to John chapter 14, 1 through 4. John 14, verse 4, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. He says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. 
and for me. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He's preparing a place for us in heaven. This place ain't our home. I've got my contractors. They're preparing a place for me and Missy right now. But I tell you what, the great carpenter's up in heaven. He's preparing a place for each one of us. Turn with me to Mark chapter 16. Verses 1 through 6. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was already rolled away, for it was very great. <clears throat> and entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were frightened. And he said unto them, Be not frightened. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. Yes, he is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. And then if you drop down in verse 19, it says, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. He's in heaven and he's alive and well. Amen. In Luke chapter 16, Verses 19 through 31. It says, There was a certain man, rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at the gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died. Listen, they both died. It says, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. It says also, the rich man also died and was buried. And then in verse 23, and in hell he lift up his eyes being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. It says, And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence, you cannot, you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. 
let them hear them. And he said, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. I don't say these scriptures to scare anyone. This is truth. And this is in my Bible, and it's also in your Bible. There's two different places. There's heaven, and there's hell. And there, we will spend eternity somewhere. When my mom passed away, that body that was there, it was just a carton. Her spirit was gone. So, again, it's our purpose, living with a purpose and telling people, because there's people dying, I think they say every minute, a person passes away on this earth. And there's eternity. Once you die, that's it. That's it. So I don't do this to scare people, but I, I tell you, as a minister of the gospel, I have to preach the whole counsel of God. And a lot of people don't hear this in churches. Hell and heaven. And it needs to be preached more. Because I tell you what, I don't want no blood on my hands. I don't want no man saying, I wish you would have told me. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. That's why I live the way I live. That's the way I do. That's why I do the things that I do. People say, oh, you're radical. Yeah, you're right. I was radical in the world. I'm radical for Jesus now. I don't care what people think about Kent Richard. The old man is dead. It says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, all things pass away, and all things become new. I'm not the old drunkard, the old drug addict, the womanizer. I'm not that no more, and I'll never be that no more. I'm a new man in Christ. If you, if you read Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, it, it says, Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. See, it wasn't prepared for us. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. But it's sad to say that there will be people that go there. People say, well, God won't send me to hell. No, God won't, but you will. God is love. Yes. He is love. But I tell you what, there's coming a judgment day. Mm -hmm. And I'll go into that. Another one says, Then said the king of his servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into the outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't want to go to Nashville. Not that Nashville. <laughs> I've been to Nashville, but I don't want to go to that one. <laughs> Heard a story. There's this uh, a diver that does dives, you know, for a sport off of platforms and swimming pool, you know, the diving board. So somebody had been ministering to this gentleman for a while. That's why it's so important. Don't ever stop ministering. To people you never know 
when God, it says that we water and plant and God gives the increase. So this gentleman, he gets, this facility's built, the swimming pool, it's built and it's got an open ceiling. So the moon's shining in. So you can kind of see silhouette, what's going on, where everything's at. So he's gonna go this night and he's gonna practice a few dives. So he goes into the facility, he climbs up to the high dive. And so he gets on the edge, he's fixing to do his dive and he stretches his arms like this. And like this right here, the cross, just the image of the cross, his arms open, the power of God hit him and he fell to his knees and he repented and he gave his life to Jesus. So you never know when God can give the increase and bring a person's heart to repent and to turn to God. So he's done. He's got his, he's got good with God. So he continued. He's going to do his dive and he gets back on the edge like this. And all of a sudden the lights click on and the custodian says, Hey, wait, little to be known. He turns around and they had drained the pool for repairs. Saved his life. He could have fell over back, I mean, did his dive into instant death into the concrete pool with no water. So he saved his life then, and he saved his life for eternity. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says, It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. We will all stand before God and give an account of what we did here on this earth. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verses 6 through 10. Now I'm reading out of the Amplified here. Look what it says. It says, so then we are always full of good and hopeful and confidence courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are abroad from home with the Lord that is promised us. He says, for we walk by sight, we regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our convictions of belief, respecting men's relationship to God and divine things with trust and holy fervor. Thus, we walk not by sight or appearance. Yes, we have confident and hopeful courage and are pleased rather to be away from home out of the body and be at home with the Lord. Therefore, whether we are at home on earth away from him or away from home and with him. We are constantly ambitious and strive earnestly to be pleasing unto him or we being pleasing to him. For we must all, that word all, we must all appear and be revealed as we before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive his pay according to what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Considering what his purpose, 
That word purpose, it's so big. And motive have been. And what he has achieved, been busy with. And given himself and his attention to accomplishing. What are we busy about? Now, I know we, we got to work. Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. Amen. We work, amen. We, we work, we supply for our families. We, we, we've got ministry. We've got life. But what are we busy about? What is your purpose? I want to live, and the older I get, the more I realize that this place ain't my home. I want to live on purpose. I want to live intentionally. Those people on your job that don't know Jesus, do they know you're a Christian? Are we being a light? Are we just about ourselves going about life? We're so caught up in our life and our problems, our issues. Don't get me wrong. We have that. But you know the best way to get over that? Go take care of somebody else's problem. Yeah. Get your eyes off of you and turn to somebody else and help them. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'm reading out of the Amplified also. Chapter 15, verse 51 through 58. He says, Take notice. I tell you a mystery, a secret truth, an event decreed by the hidden purpose of counsel or counsel of God. We shall not all fall asleep in death, but we shall all be changed or transformed. But they're talking about the rapture. The Bible talks about the rapture, the catching away of the saints of the church. There's coming a time, and it says at the last trump, will you be ready? to go on that load? I'm going on the first load. <laughs> so are you ready? It says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trump, trumpet call, for a trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ will be raised imperishable, free and immune from decay, and we shall be changed or transformed. It says, For this perish perishable part of us must put on the imperishable nature, and this mortal part of us, this nature that is capable of dying, must put on immortality, freedom from death. And when this perishable puts on the imperishable, and, that, and this that was capable of dying puts on freedom from death, then shall be, filled the, be fulfilled the scripture that says, Death is swallowed up, utterly vanquished forever in and unto victory. Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? Now sin is the sting of death, and sin exercises its power upon the soul through the abuse of the law. But thanks be to God, hallelujah, who gives us the victory, making us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Verse 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing that, be, 
knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted or to no purpose. <laughs> Are you about God? Are we about God? Even when we get busy, we should be about God. When I told you about the de dessert, I'd heard this story years ago. It was a mother. She liked me, liked dessert. <laughs> she, but she liked apple pie, chocolate pie, you know, bakery stuff. I like ice cream. <laughs> but she had told her son, she said, son, there's something better in this earth and what she had him do she said I want you to bury when you when you bury me before you bury me I want to be buried with a fork in my hand she did true story and so that's kind of out there right so but what she told him she said when they come up to my casket and they begin to weep and cry or whatever she said tell them that there's something better. It's dessert. And like the definition says, it's, it's a, the sweet course eaten at the end of a meal. I'm telling you, there's going to be a sweet course when we're walking the streets of gold, seeing Jesus face to face. Amen. That's what I live for. That's why I do the things that I do, to see Jesus face to face and him say, welcome into my peace, thou favor, good and faithful servant. So I made my request to Missy. I said, when they bury me, I tell you what, when you come to my funeral, don't be boohooing and have a celebration of life for Mr. Kent. And I told her, I said, put me a spoon. <laughs> maybe maybe a, a half a gallon of blue bell carton there and you share with them that Kent looks for something better we all should look for something better and that's what keeps me going sometimes turn with me I'll be closing that's key so that my song comes up no. turn with me to Second Samuel chapter 12 We're reading verses 14 through 23. Also, I'm reading out of the Amplified also here. Nevertheless, and y'all know this story. This was when David, after he had sinned with Bathsheba, took another man's wife, laid with her, and now they have a baby, okay? Had her husband killed, put on the front lines to try to cover all this up, cover his sin. Y'all know we can't cover our sin from God. He knows. Quit trying to put fig leaves on us, covering it up. Go to God. Verse 14, it says, Nevertheless, because 
This is the prophet Nathan. He says, Nevertheless, because by this deed you have utterly scorned the Lord and given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child that is born to you shall surely die. Then Nathan departed to his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's widow bore to David, and he was very sick. David before, therefore besought God for the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night repeatedly on the floor. His older house servant arose in the night and went to him to raise him up from the floor, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. And on the seventh day, the child died. David's servants feared to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, while the child was yet alive, we spoke to him and he would not listen to our voices. Will he then harm himself if we tell him the child is dead? Verse 19, but when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servants, is the child dead? And they said, he is dead. Then David, look what David did. This was his choice to do. Then David arose from the earth. He washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then he came to his own house and when he, and when he required, they set bread before him and he did eat. Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was alive. But when the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat bread? Look what his response was. And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? Verse 23, but now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. So, experience going through this, the death of my mom was very painful and it broke me. I remember Tuesday evening we had the funeral and I'd have these moments and I was like, man, I, I kept telling myself, man, how can I go on? How can I continue? So Wednesday we come to church like we do, go to the house of the Lord. And I remember sitting there, I was just so broken. And Jack and then they begin to sing praise and worship. I was like, I can't even lift my arms to praise you, Lord. But I made myself lift my hands and begin to worship God and I begin to thank Him. My mom had gotten sick three years earlier and we thought she was going to be gone then. We had three, three and a half years, extra years with her. I was thankful. And then... Monday comes around, I got to go to work. 
And I was like, man, I laid there, Missy left before me, and I, I laid there until the last minute, pressed my snooze. I'm like, God, I need strength. I didn't even want to get out of bed. But I got up. So I'm trying to tell you, this world will try to break you down, you and I down. But like David, there's so many people, they break toward the world and toward the circumstance. They don't break toward God. God will take that brokenness and he will put it back together, mold and mend you, fix your broken heart. And he'll send you on your way and he'll grace you and I to do what we're, we're supposed to do. I went on doing weddings, doing marriage counseling. He'll grace you. I know this world tries to break us down, but you know we're a product of our ups and our downs. Don't let the world break you so much where you fall. You say, I'm so mad at God. Why did he take my mother? Sitting here at my son's wedding last weekend, and they do the mom and son dance, and I broke again. I could have been hurt. I could have been hard. Why? I wanted my mom to see my son get married. She wasn't able to make it. See, we can get hard. I don't want to be hard. I will not be an old, hard, callous Christian. I want to be soft, pliable in the hands of God. And if I got to share some, shed some tears, I'll shed some tears. I'm not too manly to say that I can't cry. That is not God. Jesus wept. When Lazarus died, Jesus wept. Sometimes we hold all this in, try to, oh, I can't cry in front of people. I, that's bull crap. Edit <laughs> <And> that. <laughs> so, so what I want to do, can you turn these lights down lower? I want to have some ministry time here. If you are here and you say, Mr. Ken, I've been broken. I want you to come up here. Life is thrown stuff at you. You might have been through a divorce, some financial situations. You might just, I don't, I don't know. I don't need to know. I don't need, God knows. So if you say that's you, come up here. I want to pray for you, and I believe God's going to touch you. I believe the Holy Spirit is here, and he's going to touch you right now. Is there anybody here?